Alrighty, welcome back to Green City Roundup Podcast. We are a little late this week, but Thanksgiving and stuff for our Canadian friends that are listening, which is probably most of our viewers. But uh, yeah, so this will be up for uh, Friday the 16th. If only it was Friday the 13th, but whatever. Um, a lot of shit happened since we uh, since we last spoke. Uh, kind of had a dull uh, show last week because, again, it was kind of like the calm before the storm. Uh, you know, talk uh, as Joey moves his table or some whatever shit that's in the background. Um, we have a draft to talk about. We have free agency to talk about. And we have Kyle Dubas not signing a person yesterday, which was kind of a red flag, if you ask me. Um, but uh, we were actually we were hoping to get a guest on to talk about the draft, but unfortunately, you know, people are busy, which we understand. So uh, I guess we should do our best to talk about uh, who the Leafs drafted. Um, we'll we'll touch on. Do you want to touch on that first, or do you want to dive right into free agency? Well, the only thing is, I'm not much of a prospect guy, so I'm well, not I'm not sure how much I can say other than from what I've seen on Twitter, we've done a good job. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I was watching the draft as uh one does, and you know, uh, by the time, well, first of all, the draft took like three hours, but that's neither here nor there. Um. But like as soon as we got to about pick eight, that was where I was like, okay, some some players are starting to drop, um, because like we saw Jack Quinn go to Buffalo, which was really surprising, uh. The Sanderson Italian, to Ottawa. That one was also surprising. We had the Italians, uh, Preferdi and Rossi dropping, but it's okay. They got good homes in Winnipeg and uh, and uh, Minnesota. Uh, Askarov went to the Preds, which every single Leaf fan shed a tear, just because everybody wanted. Uh, you know, he's one of the best goalies I think that went in the draft. Now, who the Leafs got, who we actually did not know who the Leafs were going to get because we were all expecting them to trade the pick and they actually ran down the clock, which led to I one was of completely the weird, expecting it. And then one of the weirdest, uh, draft an- uh, announcements, uh, of Morgan Riley holding, uh, the pick of Rodion Amirov's Jersey with Mitch Marner announcing it. And then Marner trying to like blast a smile up and be like, this is not awkward at all. Uh, and then Riley just sitting there with that big old dad stash. Um, <laughs> but basically, um, so just to give people an idea of Rodion Amirov, um, he's got six points in 14 KHL games right now. Um, but a lot of people... In the adult are, league. A so lot of people boys. comparing him to... Uh, he's a really good two-way player. Um, one of the key criticisms that no one understands is that he's small. People forget that he's actually 18 years old. I don't think all of us were like NFL athletes, 6'5", 280 pounds at 18. If you are, God bless you. So those people, I just tell them to go look at how Anthony Davis looked when he was drafted and he was 19. And he was lanky, wasn't he? And then he just, like, shot yeah. up and put on the beef. 
Like, mm-hmm. people grow. You forget. Growth spurts are a thing until you're, like, what, 23, 24? Yeah. I don't know, I don't know how. Okay, no, not that old, but. Like, he, 22. He, he didn't really grow much, but he was, like, a toothpick. Yeah, like, and, and basketball is, like, I, I would argue basketball, you need to be bigger, more big, more. You size matters more in basketball than it does in hockey. Just because yeah. of what it is right now. So, uh, again, me and Joey are not uh, hockey experts. We are just guys who are uh, knowledgeable based on Twitter, cap friendly, and hockey DB. So that's our hockey resume, more or less. Um, but w- the idea that I'm getting for Rodion Amirov is he's one of the best two way players that was available. And uh, he's really good defensively, which the Leafs need from their forwards. Uh, and he can apply pressure on the offensive zone. And also, he's got a pretty good shot, which is nice. Um, Dan Milstein, who's his agent, who I think the Leafs are becoming best friends with right now because of uh, Ilya Mikheyev, uh, he actually compared him to Nikita Kucherov, which, dear Lord, if that's a comparable, I will lose my mind. I'm excited. Um, but all in all, uh, if I were to look at the Leafs draft again, me and Joey are not pros, but, uh, didn't hate a lot of the picks. Uh, their last pick of the draft, uh, Ryan, uh, Ferberg, Ferberg, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, but he is actually a resident of the GTA. He is from my home Mm -hmm. neck of the woods in Richmond Hill. So that's very interesting. Uh, and also, everyone was upset that the Leafs dr- didn't draft many Canadians. They drafted two. Relax. It's not all a Canadian-based draft. This is one of the. This was actually, in my opinion, one of the top European drafts, just because of how many Europeans went in, in the top ten. So that that's all I will and say on also, that. Also, also, look at who our best player is right now. He's American. Shut up. I mean, no one wants to accept that he's American, but let's, let's not dive into that. So, let's dive into the creme de la creme of the show, which is free agency. Because, holy shit, did it pick up really, 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 really fast after day like one. Four minutes in? Yeah. Um, so, I guess we'll go chronologically as to who signed first. Um, so, let's talk about the one signing that made Leafs Nation cream their jeans before everything else uh which is the Leafs signing wayne simmons to a one-year deal worth 1.5 mil uh east scarborough's own uh actually he's no longer a resident of scarborough he recently bought a house in aurora where other other former leafs alumni wendell clark lives little known fact i actually drove I, i had a friend uh in elementary school who lived up in aurora and i think we went to his house and we always were, like, obsessed because, like, we always, I think, drove by Wendell Clark's house. And we always wanted to, like, kind of, like, go and say hi. But we were like, no, that's trespassing. But besides the point, Leafs got what they wanted. They got their they got their Wayne train. Um, so go and say your initial thoughts on it, and then we'll get to me. Um, yeah, I, this was something that was expected. And I really liked the signing. Obviously, as I was... I was riding the train of Pat Maroon pretty hard, as you can listen to last week's show. But honestly, like, I'm I'm not complaining about this at all, especially for only, like, 1.5 million. It's yeah, really like, good. 
in reality, like, okay, 1.5, I didn't want anything higher than 2. A lot of people thought that he was going to get 900K, which I didn't think was possible. I don't think he's at the, the point in his career where he would start taking, like, 900K deals. Um, yeah, that was just not realistic. But, like, and, and I know what a lot of people may think, because, let's be honest, Least Nation is one of the most unsatisfied fan bases in the world that are not from the New York area or Boston area. Um, but, like, listen, you're not going to get... Uh, I don't know if you'll get 60-point, 30-goal Wayne Simmons. I think he has a chance to hit... 30 to 35, maybe 40 if he's healthy. But you also have to keep in mind, like, the Leafs basically got him because he could be a jerk, number one. And number two, it's a nice buy-low candidate, if you think about it, of all the yeah. forwards that are out there. Um, and also... What's the, what's the risk in it if it's only, like, one and a half million? And, like, he's not also... Like, I understand, like, why he was... Like, in New Jersey, he was in, like, a bigger role. And, like, also in, in Buffalo for, like, the, what, four or five games he played there. Um, like he actually played seven games. More... Oh, okay. Sorry. So, the seven games he played there, like, he was he was expected a bigger role because it's not, like, as good of a team. But, like, here, if he's going to play in the bottom six, and, like, you just tell him, like, he's probably going to play on the line with Nick Robertson, and you just tell him, okay, just bang and crash, and somebody touches Nick Robertson, you just beat them up, and that's how it's going to work. I have a theory about Nick Robertson, but we'll get back to that later. Um, also, fun fact about Simmons, he's one point away from 500, so he will hit 500 points when he is a, a Maple Leaf 100%. So that's a nice little tidbit. Um, mm-hmm. I'll say this about Simmons before we go on. Uh, I'm glad I like this Simmons more than Steve Simmons. I think we can all agree, even though Steve Simmons is not a hockey player, nor will he ever be a hockey player. Um... But yeah, like, he does his, in, uh, piss off hockey players. In my opinion, like Simmons, in my in my eyes, the last two years he wasn't really the player that he was, and he was battling a lot of injuries. I think he had like some shoulder problems. Uh, he had yeah. some ankle problems, and like those are big injuries. And you know, we saw another player in Tyler Ennis came here two years ago, well, going on two years. And, you know, Ennis, everyone remembers what happened. You know, he had that really bad uh, ankle surgery. He comes to Toronto with really, really good doctors and medical staff. And they turn him back into at least an effective role player. Not the guy that he was with Buffalo, but at least a third-line player. With Simmons, I have the potential of maybe if the team struggles – you could really throw him on either of the four lines if you really want to. I mean, like, he may not have the foot speed that he once did, but, like, tell me you wouldn't want to at least see one shift with Simmons, Matthews, and Marner. Like, I wouldn't mind it, at least for, like, maybe a shift or two. And then if you don't want that, why not Simmons, Tavares, Nylander? You want yeah. Nylander to get more physical? Boom. Tavares could play physical in terms of checking and finishing his back checks. And then you have... Wayne Simmons, who just murders everybody in his path. And then, like Joey said, you know, if you want to put him on the third line with a Nick Robertson as, you know, as a rookie, you could put him there. Uh, And then as a fourth line, he's perfect. So, uh, surprised they gave him a no trade, but... That's uh, what it takes in in today's NHL, though. And and also, like, he wants to... he, He wants to win. 
and he yeah. wants to win in in his hometown of Toronto. Even though he grew up a Red Wings fan, but that's a non-issue because a lot of he people did? Probably, I did not know that. Yeah, he grew up a Red Wings fan, but as uh, our good friend who may who may not remember me but who killed me in, in NHL 20, uh, Steve Dangle will say a lot of people from East Scarborough were fans of the Red Wings because one they were good and two Chris Draper was on the team. And he yeah. was a resident of Scarborough, and every time the Red Wings brought the cup back, or he had this day with the cup, he would bring it to Scarborough. I can't remember the bar, though. Anybody from Scarborough, let me know the bar. I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, let's dive into the biggest signing, arguably, which was TJ Brody, four times five. Uh, I love that move. I love that move just as much. And what's funny is that um, one of my buddies who's a Bruins fan was trying to chirp me and I was like, okay, why are you why are you chirping me for? Like this is get out of my mentions. You guys did nothing but lose toward crew. Yeah, that too. Uh, and also like Brody, he like first of all, this was supposed to happen last year. Yeah. The Leafs were supposed to get TJ Brody, and obviously, if you haven't heard the story now, uh, Nazem Kadri was supposed to go to uh, Calgary. Which, in hindsight, I feel like he would do really well in Calgary, but that's besides yeah. the point. Uh, he vetoed the deal. Smash that had, beef with uh, he had with uh, with Geo. Oh yeah, that was that was a thing that happened like what four years mm-hmm. ago? I can't even remember. It was a while um, ago. But anyway, so era. that was the Babcock, the first Babcock season, if yeah. I remember correctly. But then again, Naz was kind of a basket case when Bab before Babs got here. Um, mm-hmm. Still love him though. Um, but yeah. Uh, the deal was supposed to happen. Kadri said no. Dubas said, how about Tyson Berry and Alex Kerfoot? Which makes me wonder, if the trade was Kadri for Brody, do you think that there was maybe more to it? I think another forward would have been added. I'm wondering, in, like, 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 look, I'm looking at Calgary's forwards, and, like, they didn't really do a whole lot to change. I was in wondering, terms, like... In ter- terms of, like, value that you can get in a trade at the time... Like when this trade was made, I'd assume that Brody and Barry would get you around the same amount. So I'd assume that yeah. like another like third line, like another like bottom six guy would have been coming along with Brody. Yeah, looking at the at the Flames right now, I think the two most likely uh, players would have been one of, if not, well, more so one of Derek Ryan or Sam Bennett. Um, yeah, I think I, I, heard, I think, I think oh, Sam no, Bennett would have. Would have been the guy. But anyways, that doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, the trade's a non-issue. They signed him. And, like, people are getting mad because, let's face it, everybody nowadays wants to get mad, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, the salary is pretty backloaded in terms of uh, near the end of his deal, which is going to kind of cost them a lot. He's only making 2.5 in year one, but he's going to be making 7.5 in year four of that deal. But, I mean, he's he goes from a no-move to a no-trade to a modified no-trade, so it's movable. And in reality, comparing this to Alex Petrangelo, who also signed a ridiculous contract with Vegas, um, I would much rather have Brody at five than Petrangelo at 8.8. People just don't know how the cap works, and I think Brody makes sense. And also, he's he also compared Riley to Mark Giordano. Do you want to squash that? Because I I don't know. I don't see it. 
Um, squash what exactly? So, uh, I don't know if you read any uh, tidbits of what Brody said, but he compared Riley to Giordano. I don't know if you would think that of the same. Like, okay, I mean, they're both. They're both really solid defensemen, and, and like I, in that sense, I think they're very comparable. But I think they do play like different styles. Like I know Gio can plays a more physical game than Riley. Not that Riley doesn't play a physical game though either. It's yeah. Like I, I think they are comparable in a lot of ways. I think so, and like you know, keep in mind Brody. If you look at his defensive stats. Um, which I know a lot of people are like, oh, he's going to decline. Like, doesn't matter if he's going to decline. We want him to at least be capable. And like, okay, he's not 45-point TJ Brody from a couple years ago, but like, I really don't think you're signing him to be a power play quarterback. You're signing him to be a guy who can also kill penalties and also giving Riley a legitimate D partner. For the first time in his career. The ceiling was Ron Hainsey, okay? The ceiling was not that high. It was the equivalent <laughs> of, like, being in an attic and trying to stand mm-hmm. up. That's how much wiggle room you would have. Like, there was, like, what? I'm trying to, like, name. There was, there was Fanuf for a bit. Then there was Polak. Then there was Hunwick. Then there was Hainsey. And then there was CeCe. And then there was, like, Gardner then, for, like, a few shifts. And then... And then Riley Berry was, like, a couple games. Like... Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't want to relive those days. Now I'm um, seeing people projecting Bogosian to be his defensive partner. Oh, my God. I, well, way to jump the I will, gun. I, I, will. I was going to ease into Bogosian. Well, like, okay, Travis Boyd, whatever, he's the Marley's top-line center. That's a non-issue. He's an extra forward. He he is, I don't know if I told you this, but he is Nick Shore of this season. Yeah, but Nick, so you're saying is if he was Babcock, he'd get to start at fourth line center for the season yes, opener. Yes, exactly. But it's not. It's a nice little jab at him. But I don't know. I don't want to be petty. It's a nice little insurance policy. But let's talk about Pagosian because a little story with him. Um. Well, there's two things. First of all, did you know that he had a no trade clause? Um. I think I read that. I honestly did not know until today. So (laughs) I did not know that until today. Um, But what I really want to share is a story that talks about uh, the – well, it goes in 31 Thoughts by Elliot Mm Friedman. I think you know where I'm going with this. So apparently, Bogosian was supposed to meet with Toronto back in February. And everyone remembers what happened, I believe it was the 22nd of February, which was, ironically, around the time of our first episode. I think it was the 29th was our first episode, or the 22nd, whichever one. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was uh, the infamous David Ayers game. And and Dubas canceled that. Which feels like an eternity ago, by the way. Dude, it doesn't feel like October at all, man. It feels like we're if you, like time's mm-hmm. moving by quickly, but it's moving by slowly. If that makes any sense. Um, yeah. I guess just because like we've been in this pandemic for so long. Um, but anyway, so uh, Bogosian, uh, he wanted to sign in Toronto. Uh, Dubas canceled the interview. He said that we're gonna go younger and we're gonna put an emphasis on youth, which in reality I think that was just like. 
and people were like, oh, you're going to cancel it. You know, you're going to cancel a meeting based on one move. Like, come on. It's like, no, it's not that he canceled it because of one move. He was pissed. He was pissed. And he felt like, you know what? And he was like, you know what? You guys don't deserve any relief. You guys need to figure it out on your own. Mm-hmm. And they didn't I'm not going to help you guys out. Exactly. And they didn't figure it out on their own. Granted, they had, like, what, four months off about that? Mm-hmm. But Bogosian, I think, was a player that I, I think I mentioned in this show before, and you immediately shot it down. So, uh, first of all, I'm right. Second of all, Bogosian has a Stanley Cup now. So, I mean, you know, he's going to be our Pat Maroon, right? Yeah. He's I mean, got I don't size. hate it if he doesn't play on Morgan Riley's top pair. Well, he won't because the thing is, is that you know, Keith is not Babcock. Keith knows, you know, Keith and and uh, Dubis are in much more of a one-on-one than Babs was because Babcock was. I'm going to do the team based on how I want it. And Dubas is like, great, I'm going to do what I want and bring in my players. Babcock said, LOL, no, I'm going to stick to my guns. And here we are literally almost a, a year after Babcock got fired. And we're, in a, and we're in a better situation, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this team over at free agency, I know we're not done talking about all the moves, but I think they've improved a lot. Yeah. Um, and they, I still don't think they're done yet. Oh, they're not. I think that there's a lot more coming. Uh, we saw Aaron Dell two days ago, uh, yeah. which was uh, third string goalie to uh, to fortify their their pipes. Unfortunately, they lost Casimir Kaskis Woe and his amazing YouTube channel. Is it Kaskis Woe or Kaskisuo? It's Kaskis Woe. It's not Kaskisuo. I don't care who says it, unless the man says it himself. Well, the thing is, he hasn't said it. He hasn't done anything to solve the mystery. But that's the joke. He's like, screw it. You guys figure it out. Um, (laughs) So, I have a hot take. And Mm -hmm. I know you're not going to like it. My hot take is that Nick Robertson does not start the season with the Maple Leafs. You don't think so? No, because that's a contract that still has an entry level. Uh, it's still you could get away with the ELC slide. Uh, I don't think that this team is gonna jump the gun and throw him into the into the NHL yet. I don't think that's the way that this managerial group is. And also Jimmy VC, who we forgot to mention that they also signed, uh, is probably gonna be on the third line with Alex Kerfoot. So I'm gonna read you my lines. And this is, of course, if Dermot stays, which I think is most likely going to happen. This is if Dermot stays and if Hall goes. So here's you how I would have... While you read yours, though, I'm going to go into Cap Friendly and see mine I'm, and I'm see how already, it differs. I'm already on Cap Friendly. I am Friendly. on Cap Friendly now. I just didn't do, Oh, so you're actually, actually going to put the that. lines together? Okay. So yes. feel free to plagiarize off of what I'm going to say. So your top line... Try, I will try top, not to. So your top line stays of Hyman, Matthews, Marner. You don't touch that. That's going to be your bread and butter line. Your second line is going to be Mikheyev, Tavares, Nylander. And you put Willie on the right side because that's his more dominant side than the left. I know we saw him on the left, but 
doesn't work. And Mikheyev can play both wings. He's more of a left winger than a right winger. You go to the third line. Here's what I would do. You put Jimmy VC with Alex Kerfoot. And then you put Wayne Simmons on that third line. Then you do, on the fourth line, Pierre Engvall, Jason Spezza, and then Alexander Barabanov. And I know a lot of people are going to say, uh, I actually closed my cap friendly window while I was talking about this, but I know a lot of people are going to say Simmons should be on the fourth line. You can real again, you could switch both of those. It doesn't matter. I think they're going to glue VC to Kerfoot because they have chemistry. They're going to glue Nylander to JT and they're going to glue Hyman to Matthews because that, and well, Hyman, Matthews and Marner are going to be gelled together. When you get to the blue line, here's what you do. You go Morgan Riley, TJ Brody. You go Jake Muzzin and Travis Dermott. And then you go Rasmus Sandin and Zach Bogosian with Timothy Lilligren in the AHL with Callie Rosen. Now, whether they do all of this with Sandin on the roster, I don't know. Do they move Justin Hall? Again, I don't know. I'm torn about that. Does Hall go or no? Joey's completely ignoring me. To oh, my my mic was um, was muted for a sec, you so you didn't hear my clicking. Um, um, I think Hall has a better chance of going than Dermot does right now. Yeah, because I mean, like, listen, you know, the fact that Dubis gave him like I know two two million isn't a lot in the NHL, but the thing is, is like. You gave that to him with, like, a small sample size. I wouldn't have given it to him right away. Um, and, again, $2 million, there's going to be an outcry for, you know, defenders right now. And I'm sure there's teams that are going to be calling and asking for defensemen. Like, the one team that I'm thinking about that might call, uh, which is going to be really funny if they do end up calling, would be the Pittsburgh Penguins. Because I don't know what they're doing with their defense, and I'm wondering if maybe they aren't done moving forwards. Um, I also think maybe Chicago calls to the Leafs about Justin Hall, in my opinion, because like you already have, like, you got to haunt, like they have, they need a bottom pairing right D, and I think Hall could fit the mold. Plus, he's in Minnesota, so he's not that far off from from Chicago. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I think there's still, like you said, there's still moves to be made. Dubis, like right now, the Leafs have about four hundred thousand uh, dollars in cap space, which is funny, but not as funny as I think it was. The Stars ended their season with like five hundred bucks or seven hundred bucks in cap space. Mm-hmm. We're just like, how much do you have? We have literally enough to buy a PS5. Yeah. Jim Neal says, sure, let's do it. I I really I don't know. A lot I think a lot of people um overlook the whole salary cap thing. Like if you have a good team, I don't care how much you have in salary cap, it does not matter. 
to me at and all. They can still they could still skirt around it because there's so many contracts on LTIR they could go out and get. Like, I think Brandon mm-hmm. Dubin- Brandon Dubinsky is one uh, that is uh, rumored to not play again. Uh, they're still marrying Hosa in Arizona. I'm wondering if Arizona wants to get rid of that, even though he's only being paid like a million bucks. Henrik Zetterberg is another one. Marion Gabrick is another one. I got one that I think you would really like. What if the mm-hmm. Leafs got Ryan Kessler's contract? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, here's a guy who, he's 36, he's probably not going to play hockey again. He had hip surgery, I think, in the offseason again, or in the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, he stated himself he doesn't know if he wants to play again, which sucks, but, I mean, Ryan Kessler's kind of a shithead, so I don't really feel bad. Um I don't think I, he's a bad person. He's just a jerk on the ice. Yeah, I know. That's what, that's what <laughs> I was referring to. Shithead on the ice. Off mm-hmm. ice, I don't know. People seem to like him. The Canucks like him. The Ducks like him. Um, but yeah, th- that's a deal that I think if you're Kyle Dubas, unless he somehow, like if he waves his no movement clause, which I'm sure he'll do it just to be like, oh, maybe I'll have a chance to play again. And then doctors are like, nope. Which is funny because, mm-hmm. like, you know, the Leafs basically did that with Nathan Horton and David Clarkson because they're like, okay, these guys aren't going to play hockey again. Same thing goes for uh, for Joffrey Lupul, which, God, that feels like so long ago. That was literally – what was the year that, that Lupul said that uh, they were cheating? Was that 18, Was that two seasons ago in 18-19 or was that 17-18? I think it was the Matthews year. Which one? Oh, like year one of Matt? No, no, it was year two yeah, like of year Matthews. one. Was it? No, it was, it was year two, I remember, because it started that year. And then mm-hmm. last last season before this past season was uh, they just had Clarkson and Horton on the books. They didn't have Lupul. Mm-hmm. Lupul was automatically off. Um, so anyways, when I get to my roster prediction. Sure, and I just realized I forgot about Miko Lettinen. Slot him where Rasmus Sandin is. Okay, so for me. Sandin in the minors. I think, um, okay, I think our top six is the same. Hyman, Matthews, Barner, and Mikheyev, Tavares, Nylander, right? That's Right. I feel like we're going to have a minor change on the forward core. Tell me your third line. My third one, line, I think Robertson is penciled in on the left right now. I just think you don't let him play in, the, in, in that playoff series or whatever the hell you want to if you don't think that. That he's ready for the NHL. So I think he's going to be third line, left wing, centered by Kerfoot and Simmons on the right side. And then I think you have a fourth line of Jimmy VC, Jason Spezza, and Pierre Engvall, with, depending on what side the face-off is, you have both Spezza and Engvall taking draws. So, okay, a couple things with that. I don't know if the team signs VC to play not with Kerfoot though, because they both played at Harvard together. And I feel like I like, I feel like the way that Dubas wants it is he wants a guy, at least two people on the, on the same line that have really good synergy and then pass that on to the third guy. Like top lines established. Second line is established to an extent. Can VC play on the right side? Yeah, he could play both. Like he's so he I could see them doing 
you move Simmons down to the fourth line with, and then you put Engvall on the other side. I'm, I'm pretty sure Engvall can play both sides, right? He, Engvall can play the left, but he's also can play center. And I think that also, I think okay. one thing that we're going to see this season, which we saw a little bit last season, granted when they still had Freddie Gauthier, who I don't know if he signed anywhere. I'll check right now. So no, I don't um, think he has, but but the thing is, if they really want VC to play with Kerfoot, I still see Robertson being on that third line because there's I don't think he's ready yet for top six minutes, and I also don't think there's a point in putting him on the fourth line, and I definitely think that he's making the team this year. Like that's a that's a fact. But you me. also need to take into account Alexander Barabanov who they signed from the KHL, and you got to wonder, like... I think a lot of those Russian guys that put in conditioning in the AHL first just to get used to the North American game. Like... I mean... He hasn't... Like, I... I think that... Like, I honestly, like, I wouldn't be surprised if the same thing happens with Lettinen. Either that or he's on the bottom pairing. Just because... it, Yeah, he's... The top defenseman not in the NHL right now, but the NHL is a different animal. But, okay, well, to piggyback off of your point of the NHL being a different animal, um, excuse me, um, what I think could happen is what we saw last year, which was, um, you know, even though Barry was kind of getting sheltered minutes, he was getting power play time. So what I think you would do, considering they're basically... I could see, yeah, yeah I could do, see Lettinen being on the second power play. Yeah. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking what they're gonna do is they're probably gonna have, uh, like Riley on the top penalty kill, or not penalty kill on the top power play unit with Matthews at the point like they normally do, uh, or have uh, they'll have like whatever forward at the point whether it's you know Nylander, Marner, whoever, um, because you mm-hmm. have a lot of weapons you could throw up there, um, but they're they are this team's used to doing one defenseman on the power play which is a non-issue um well, i also could, wouldn't be surprised if they put both like because i have a feeling because what side does uh yeah letting him plays on the left side i ha- also think that sandy makes the team too but because there's going to be a bunch of back-to-backs i have a feeling that that bottom left d is going to be um the bottom pairing is going to be like a platoon between Sandine and Lettinen. And I think both of them good power play quarterbacks for the second for the second unit. So that's what I think will happen. Another thing that I think might happen, and I know this is obviously up to speculation right now, but I think Dubas is building the team with the idea of this NHL season not being a, a normal one. Because we've been hearing rumblings of, there being a, a Canadian division um, because of the whole idea with the pandemic and what's going to happen with it and blah, 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 whatever, um, which is totally possible. But I think he's also building it with maybe rosters expanding. So you can have maybe instead of, I think it's like what you, ha- you normally roll with like 12 to 14 forwards uh, you can have up to seven defensemen and then like two or three goalies. I think maybe you could go to like maybe 15 or 16 forwards with eight defensemen and maybe three goalies, and then you could roll with yeah. that. 
I think That's definitely I think. the rosters will be expanded based on that. And there and might I also think... be a taxi squad on top. Or, or yeah, or, or those extra guys are just on a taxi squad or whatever. Because there's yeah. also been rumblings of that, like, having all the bubbles in the different locations kind of thing. I don't know yeah. if you heard about that, that one. I, so, I, I yeah, don't know it, what... it would make sense. I don't know what's going to happen realistically. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... it's oh. uh... No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, which is why I like the Aaron Dell signing, because, yeah, his numbers aren't that great, but he's still an NHL goaltender, and to have him as a third option, like, let's say, God forbid, Campbell or Anderson go down next year, and you have a back-to-back, and and you're stuck having to play... Who, who would you be more comfortable in that? Joseph Wall or Aaron Dell? Aaron Dell as of right now, hopefully Wall down the line. But I think what it is, and, and this is obviously you know up to speculation, and some people are going to say that I'm, I'm moving the goalpost, but this was Dubas' first real offseason. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, year one, all he did was brought bring in Tavares, which is fine. Not going to be one of those guys that thinks that it's... Uh, it put us in cap hell. Yeah. Uh, and like another one, in like 2019, he moved out, you know, like CC Marlowe, um, all these guys. And now that a majority of those guys are now gone, now he's like, okay, we can build this to help us out. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really effective because it shows... It shows the fan base, whether they want to see it or not, hey, this guy's trying. This guy is doing everything in his power to go out and sign players that are big and tough, but also players that are skilled and fast and all, and all of that stuff. And, and keep in mind, if Dubas really wanted, there's still so many free agents that are on the market right now. Like... You know, I'm not trying to say that he's going to go get, like, a Mike Hoffman because I don't think no. he's at all. But, like, you know, looking at some of the free agents that are still available, which we'll get to one in a minute because it's been making its rounds. But, like, Anthony Duclair is still available. Dominic Cahoon is still available. Mikhail Grandlin is still available. Andreas Athanasiu, who I would have loved last season, is available. Like, there's still so many good depth pieces. Oh, another one that I would have liked is uh, former Leaf and Innisville, Ontario native Josh Levo. Josh Levo. I, I was kind of hoping for that, too. I think there's rumors that he Dubas might go would to have Ottawa. gotten his guy back. I heard he might go I mean, to Ottawa. I mean, Ottawa has to reach the cap floor if they haven't already after the well, Tadanov signing. They, yeah, they, I don't know. What's the cap minimum again? Hold on. Oh, no, it's a 60.2. Ottawa right now is at... Okay, so they need to make like one. Okay, so they're going to hit the cap floor soon, because okay. like they have, they're like a hundred and like something thousand uh, off. Um, but let's the uh, let's address the elephant in the room, Joe Thornton. Mm, I don't know. I, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Like, I don't want that at all. Then there's always that other part of me that's like, big man with beard, ha, ha, ha. I like him. 
yeah, like, here's the thing. I love Joe Thornton. He's one of my favorite non-Leafs. But, like, I think the ship has sailed. If you were going to get Joe Thornton, you would have gotten Joe Thornton back in, like, 16, 17. Every single time. Because how many years in a row now has he signed those one-year deals? Every single time he hit free agency, there was always those rumblings of him wanting to come to the Leafs. I feel like what it is, and it's really weird, is I don't know if they have, like, a debt to Doug Wilson. Like, it's really, really weird because, you know, with with it's literally those two leave San Jose. Doug Wilson's like, OK, we're not going to go the way that we did last year. And then they proceed to sign one year deals and be like, OK, that's fine. You know, we'll just we'll run it back with with these mm-hmm. guys. No problem. But like, I don't know. I, I just don't see it. So I have a question for you, because apparently there was also rumblings about mutual interest with Corey Perry. If you had to choose between Thornton and Perry, which one would you want? Thornton and Heartbeat. Really? Thornton fits the team's mold more. He takes less penalties. He's a center, which is more valuable, and also he's a playmaker. We have too I many. I was thinking sp- of the other way. In terms of I what? Like- in terms of what they bring to well, the table? Yeah. Because I feel like Thornton is, like, very, very slow. That's, like, the whole thing. And the Leafs are team built on speed. I'm just not sure if he'd be able to, to keep up. Like, yeah, he brings a lot of oh, playmaking I, I agree, and all that. And like, if, I, if you were I think compare... he'd be pretty good on this, on, like, even the second power play. And, like, like as a net front presence. Yeah, but if you were to like compare... A passer. If you were to compare but, the two, though, like... Even though Thornton doesn't have the wheels that he did, like a couple, like okay, he never really was a fast skater, and he's kind of like, you know, I think he's a little faster than than JT, but like, I still think that he could bring more of an edge and more of an asset to the team just because of his playmaking ability. He's played center basically his entire career. Um, he's yeah. a veteran. He's got playoff experience which granted the Leafs do have that with some of their forwards now because they've been in the playoffs for that long um now, I just I, really like the fact that Corey Perry is just an actor. like imagine if you had imagine being the opponent having to go against the Leafs first line which is going to be obviously I'm and Matthews and Marner just like from an offensive standpoint and like Hyman definitely is not fun to play against. And then you go from that to a highly skilled line, too, of Nylander, Tavares, with with probably Mikheyev. And then you go from there, you have to deal with Wayne Simmons and Alexander Kerfoot, who's also a jerk to play against. And then having Corey Perry on, the, on that fourth line, too. Imagine having... And then, not to mention, on, on defense, you're going to have to deal with Zach Bogosian just being an asshole, too. I still think that, like, in this scenario, they've done a lot. Are they done? No. Do they get Joe? I don't know. I'm assuming that either one would be at around the same price point. Okay, let's let's say this. They don't sign Joe Thornton now. They trade for him at the deadline. 
I don't know if you give up an asset for him though. I'd rather just sign him at his 900k price tag or whatever it will be at this point. Honestly, even if you were to give him like a if you were to give him like a million, that'd be fine. Because like then you can move. Well, okay, you still have. See, the thing is, is with if you do sign Thornton, you gotta move some forwards. I think maybe you move on from in addition to Hall. Maybe you move on from Engvall. But like I don't know. I I don't know what you pay Dermot. I think if you bring in, I also think that if you do bring in Thornton, that it's going to be uh the fourth line center is going to be platoon between him and Spezza. That's true. But I think also, like, well, well, the good thing is apparently with, with Mikheyev and his uh, arbitration contract, uh, they're saying that it, the asking prices are kind of around, you know, a million to 1.5, which is good given the circumstances, which shows that, you know, Dan Milstein's really okay with cooperating. Um, mm-hmm. But what do you pay Dermot? That's what I, I struggle with. I think Dermot lit a bunch of money on fire this season. Just on his inconsistent play. Well, but, apparently they wanted they wanted Mackenzie Weger, who everyone was freaking out about on, uh, you know, the, on free agency day. Uh, and then they kind of like they they sat on it and sat on it. Apparently the deal was they wanted both Janssen and Dermot, which the Leafs said no. Which, I mean, you could take your pick on them to be honest with you mm-hmm. and i think I also do... like no go ahead no i was gonna say speaking of trades i do really like the Janssen deal that they managed yeah to get. Uh, joey anderson uh apparently is kind of like a connor brown zach hyman hybrid but with a little bit more size and skill which i am all for because I think like, Zach Hyman is due for a payday after this season. Yeah, let's 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 uh let's. I was gonna ask you about that because like Dermot's or not Dermot, uh Hyman Hyman making two point five is a steal, four years at nine mil, which is great. But what do you pay a soon to be twenty nine year old Hyman, who's gonna be hitting the market? Because keep in mind Thing he's is, kind of a a late bloomer. He's also hit 20 goals twice now, but he's not someone that you depend on for offense. And a lot of those are also empty netters, but the deck can also just drive his value up. I'm afraid he gets a Gallagher deal, or he wants a Gallagher deal, which I would argue, yeah, but also, holy shit, I don't think that works. I just don't think it'll fit. It won't, and that's the sad... Well, I think what it is, if they don't make strides this season, I think Hyman goes, I think that they're going to have to find... Like, I think what the plan is, and this is this is obviously subject to change, I think maybe we might see near the end of the season if, uh, if Hyman doesn't re-sign... Maybe we see some more uh, players moving up to play with with Matthews and Marner. Um, I don't know who. Maybe you throw VC up there. Maybe you throw Robertson up there. You know, Kerfoot. Maybe if you want him on the wing, if you get another center in there, like 
Mm-hmm. The one thing that I'm excited about for this season is there's so many options that can happen. And I like roster flexibility, which is one of the reasons why I liked a lot of what the, the Blue Jays did, which is, you know, sign guys that could play secondary positions. So that way, um, you know, you could go that route if you need to. If somebody goes down, OK, good. This guy can come in and fill the void and do decently well. But, like, here's what I'm struggling. I'm hoping that whenever this 2021 season starts, because apparently they're saying that it's either going to be a full season or a 60-game season, or if they incorporate these divisions or whatever into into play and, the, and it impacts the schedule because of, you know, the pandemic and what's going on and, Canada compared to the United States. Do you yeah. think realistically we could see kind of like a norm return this season, especially once we get into playoff time? I don't even know how to begin answering this. I could see fans in the arena, but at like a reduced amount, like 25% or 20% or something like that. But and well, I think that also depends. Full capacity for them, which is six thousand. Um, like the whole thing is for me is like I think it all depends on like where the team is located and how it is in that specific region. If that makes any sense, like you get all the local. Um, the local health agencies to approve their plan and everything. If they get approved, great. If they don't, based on the the numbers in that in that specific province or state or region, then I think you just pass up on it. Hello. Yeah, I think that's kind of like what I want. Is your mic sense. muted? Yeah, my <laughs> mic was muted. Um. All right. Yeah, like, one of the things that I'm really, like, worried about, like, like, here's the thing, like, I think we're all, like, rushing, we all rush sports back. Like, I don't know if you agree with me or not. Somewhat. I think some leagues definitely rushed back. What I'm worried about. MLB, NFL. Oh, God. Um, dude, I don't, like, here's the thing, like, with hockey especially, with, like, fans being in attendance and, like, you know, the, the coldness of of the rink, like, I just, I'm worried to see if, like, people are are going to go and, you know, potentially, God forbid, you know, they get sick just because of, like, of the, the seating arrangements, right? Now, if like you it's, knew it's, that you would be, that you would be safe, would you go get tickets to a Leafs game? It's weird also, like, I don't know if, like, we mentioned this before, but, like, uh, we mentioned, or I mentioned, I think, that, like, the Jays had commercials during their playoff uh, or near the end of their regular season that 2021 tickets are on sale. And it's like, I don't know if, like, that's going to (laughs) happen. Because, like, granted, baseball, you have a bigger stadium, uh, it's more outdoors, you know, things of that nature. But, like, I don't know. I'm just hoping my one goal and my, my one hope for 2021 
whenever this season starts is two things. One, we are allowed to have Maple Leaf Square safely. We are allowed to have Jurassic Park, Maple Leaf Square, all that stuff safely. And two, I'm hoping that it's more normal than the way that it was, you know. Because, like, I don't know if you've seen any of the baseball uh, playoffs, but, like, that's weird. Even though, like, there's fans there, like, I don't want, like, little mm-hmm. fans. So I'm hoping, again, like, I know everything's up to speculation at this point. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with a lot of things, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just really, really weird. Um, should we also talk about how the Leafs jumping on the how it started versus how it's going meme with Marner? Uh, did you read yeah. the repl- did you read the replies? No, I did not. I'm like that's a cesspool. Uh, there's one reply that I really like of uh, Mo from The Simpsons throwing out Barney. And it's the caption of Leafs fans as Mo and Martin Marincin as Barney. So he throws Barney <laughs> out of the bar and then he just ends up showing up behind him. Just to say that Martin Marincin will never leave. And it's true, he's never going to leave. Mm-hmm. I think the goal of this organization is to get Martin Marincin's name on the cup. That is the goal. That is the reason why we all show up to work for that. Um, um, I, I have no idea. Anyways, did you want to talk about possible um, Blue Jays free agency news? Uh, let's talk about In the terms Randall of Gritchick. Trevor Bauer. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the Randall Gritchick tweet. Um. If any, okay, I'll say this. Do I think it's going to happen? No, because there's going to be another team that's going to drastically overpay because that's what billion dollar franchises do. They drastically overpay. Shows pie graph of Dodgers, Yankees, and Red Sox all in one. Just like one three shaped pie mm-hmm. diagram. But what better of an FU to Manfred would it be for him to come to Canada? And I, if I'm him, I really consider it. I would consider taking less. To, and, and that's the thing. Like, you know, I think Matt Shoemaker was one that also said this. Like, the pandemic also helps people wanting to come to Canada more because it's safer and it's more organized. Like, I'm not going to go and get political right now, but, like, the States is a shit show. And it's going to be a shit show for, like, what, four years, five years? Mm-hmm. And it was always a shit show. Now it's, like, reinforced. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. it's so... It's better. Um. Yeah, I'm just... You guys already know this. I'm a really big fan of Trevor Bauer. I think he's perfect for the game of baseball. And... I said in a group chat what I was in with my friends, if he comes and signs with the the Blue Jays, I will go down downtown and start and start streaking with with a mask on. Um. Okay, so what you're telling me is I really, really need to look for a replacement when you go to jail for indecent exposure. Essentially, yes. Essentially, more like legitimately. <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah, now now that you basically said that you're gonna go and commit two felonies, um, 
I mean, there really isn't that much like basketball free agency doesn't start till like mid November. I did not realize that. Like, I googled when the draft was, and the draft and free agency obviously opened after the draft. And I'm like, dude, seriously? It opens yeah, up like lot. it opens up mid November. Like, whole like I know mm-hmm. like it's weird that it's waiting that long to you know go ahead and be like, okay, let's let's start things back up again. And mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what's going to happen with, you know, with the way that things are. But, I mean, it's, everything's very unknown. Uh, I had t- I found two Raptors uh, tidbits that I, I, I read. And I want, I want you to, to be the judge of them because you're more of a basketball uh, aficionado than I am. So there was one report. I'll, I'll, I'll say the sign-in trade later. But there was a report that, you know, there was a poll that I saw of who would you rather have as your big man slash center? Would you rather have Serge Ibaka or would you rather have Montrez Harrell? Everybody said Ibaka. Do you disagree with that? I don't necessarily disagree or agree. Like, I'm kind of like I'd be happy with both. But it depends on, like, what the Raptors want. If they think they can compete compete next year then i think you bring back ibaka but if they're just building towards 2021 in that monster free agency class then i think you do get harold since he's younger and is more athletic and is more versatile and i do think he fits the raptors very well in terms of like the whole hustle culture and and, and work ethic and all that this is true um now the second one, I think you're probably going to uh, to crucify whoever thought of this. There was a rumor that the Raptors were going to side Fred VanVleet and then trade him for Victor Oladipo. Do you do that? I think it depends. You have to have that conversation with with Fred, right? If he wants to chase that max deal and go to a go to another team because he will get max deal offers then I think you're the ones who sign him to that max deal and then you trade him just so you don't lose him for nothing. And I think that's just really good asset management. And I do really like Victor Oladipo. But if you can get Van Vliet to come back for under the max, then I think you keep him. I honestly don't know what's going to happen. I have a hard time seeing the Raptors keeping the core that they have. And also, like, you also have to factor, like, where does Giannis go? Like, once you sign him, like... <laughs> you make room. Does does Pascal, maybe, do you think, okay, we got our guy now, we're going to ride him, and we're not going to either, A, we're not going to play you as much, or B, you can just piss off? No, I think, you, I think what you want is, you definitely don't trade Pascal just because you have... Just because you end up with with Giannis, definitely don't do that. Especially if you have another another max, like more space for like a max deal. Like yeah, I'm just thinking. Could you imagine? I was just thinking about the potential of the Raptors running an all African uh, big three of Siakam, Giannis, and Oladipo. That would that, be so good. And that sounds very very intriguing. I want that so badly. So, mm-hmm. so badly. 
And I then mean, like, from there, also... at point guard, you literally put whoever, anyone that's, like, half decent, just because who cares if you have those three players. And for... It's literally who cares for the, for the next two of the starting five. Yeah. Um, and I think also, like, I, I mentioned this to our, to our buddy Cole, which was funny. Uh, I said... What if Ibaka goes to the uh, the Rockets because, you know, the Rockets need a big man because we saw how good small ball was, you know, with basically yeah. just riding Westbrook and, and Harden. Well, let's be real. They were basically just riding Harden. Um, but, like, and then now we found out that the that the GM is stepping down and we're like, okay, that, that, go ahead, that goes ahead and... Uh, Puts that rumor to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I honestly don't know what happens going forward with like, I think how- the I think the Raptors honestly just gear up for twenty twenty one. I think to be completely honest with you, after seeing how crazy the uh, after seeing how crazy like the MLB and the NHL has been in their like kind of trade deadlines and off seasons. I think basketball's gonna get insanely busy once we get to like the the winter months. And I'm well, NBA is off seasons are always great because every four years the same superstars for the most part are free agents again because of how their CBA is constructed. Yeah, which I think always adds to the excitement of mm-hmm. the NBA instead of like hockey. Okay, this guy signed a five-year deal. Now he's going to get bought out in year three. And he's going to sign for league men in year number four. Like that's just going to be the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Which is unfortunate, but really likely in some cases. Um, Here, so... I just pulled up a list of the 2021 free agents. Potential free agents, I should say. Chris Paul, but he'd be like 36, 37 at the time. The LeBron James, but uh, whatever. Kawhi LeBron, Leonard. LeBron's probably done after the end of this deal anyway. No, he's he's definitely going to play a season or two when Bronny gets drafted. on, And he's going to sign with whatever team drafts Bronny. It's going to be like uh, Mario Lemieux leaving... Uh, Crosby, the keys to Pittsburgh, be like, okay, this is yours now. Mm-hmm. Don't go uh, crash it. Yet. Let's see. Mike Conley, Gordon Hayward, Paul George, Kyle Lowry, and DeMar DeRozan are both off the Somebody, books. One of my friends said to me in our uh, in our group chat, they were like, you the, the Raptors should sign – DeRozan as a bench player, and I'm like, he's not gonna be a bench player. No. As much as I would love that, like he won't. I would get also max, think it's gonna get a max deal from someone. I also think that it's ironic if they do go out and do that and be, and then they end up winning a championship with DeRozan, and then and they're like, see, we did this. Well, you see, Victor Oladipo is also a free agent that year. So I think if you do that sign-and-trade thing that's been getting thrown around on Twitter, you make sure that you can sign Oladipo first to an extension. Yeah. Obviously, 
That's uh, it's, obviously it's Giannis weird. is a free agent. Oh God. Um, I feel like I feel like ooh, Masai. Here's a here's a very uh, interesting name for that year. If you want to bring in some, a, a point guard, Spencer Dinwiddie. He's a free agent after this year. Yeah. So is Norm. Okay, but Norm, I don't know if Norm. I don't know what Norm's ceiling is. Norm is a very good. He can be a very good sixth man. I think Luka Doncic is a free agent after next okay, year. He's, get, he's getting locked up. Let's be real. Yeah, for I'm sure. I'm wondering. I'm wondering if, God forbid, say a deal does not get worked out with with Fred. I'm wondering, does Norm Powell get a start? In the or get some starts in the starting lineup, or do you just re- rely on Lowry most of the time? I think you're, Lowry's still going to be the starting guy next year, especially because like, I could see Norm playing like shooting guard, but he won't be playing point guard. I'm just hoping they could bring the the core back, but I mean, who knows at this point? I think <laughs> more likely now than before we would see the core come back, but. Donovan Mitchell is also an RFA, but that's restricted free agency, so. How are offer sheets like in baseball? Or baseball, basketball. Are those a thing? I don't know the CBA as well. I'm I'm pretty sure it definitely is still a thing. That's wild if it is. And also a lot of the players, too, that I named are on player option. Like LeBron will be on a player option. Leonard will be on a player option. Griffin, Paul, George. Um, yeah, there are a lot of their player options. Yeah, that makes sense. I anyway. don't know. If, I don't know if it's uh, the way that it is. It's really, it's really weird. I want more silly season, especially mm-hmm. when I'm on reading week in two weeks, and I when I'm done my internship stuff. I want more things. But keep us keep us busy. Yeah, I want to keep doing stuff, especially like with the pandemic now. Like, well, not not now, still. Like, I still want to be able to like go out and, and do things. Um, but mm-hmm. we shall see. Uh, I think that's it. Again, we don't really have a whole lot. Um, a reminder to everybody: get your freaking flu shot, please, because it helps protect you from infectious diseases and it makes you stronger uh so yeah uh you got make sure you guys go out and get your flu shot follow the healthcare guidelines uh and also um do you want to keep shilling our uh, our organizations that or your petition that you're wanting to sign in my organization or? well that reached its goal so i'll let you have the flu okay so yeah like i said i'll, I'll continue to to promote my um, the isolation run movement. Um, again, it's a virtual race that you can do, and you can do your own goals, whatever you could, whatever you want to do. Whether you want to run up and down your stairs, or go for a walk or run around your neighborhood uh, daily, uh, anything counts. Uh, you can pick a, a health organization of your choice to donate to, whether you live in the city of Toronto or whether you're in or whether you're in the outskirts of Ontario or if even if you live in Alberta, BC, whatever place you live, uh, every healthcare facility in every even big in, healthcare facility, even in downtown Canada. Oh yes, of course we can't forget about downtown Canada. 
the best place to live. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's uh, I think that's all for us. So uh, make sure you guys go out and register. Uh, make sure, thank you all for tuning into our little our little show here. Uh, as far as when we'll be back, uh, your guess is as good as mine. Um, hopefully next Monday. We'll see how our schedules work. Cause like uh, like Joey and I said, like we're we're starting to get really really busy. And, you know, life also comes in the way. So hopefully we will be doing a show next week. We just don't know when. But we will get into a routine soon. We promise. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's just about it for me. Anything uh, you want to close with? Nope. I got nothing. I, that's my usual mood. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's it for this year's show. Thank you all for tuning in. Follow the tweeter at Q underscore city roundup. I almost yawned. I stopped myself. It's hard, Help. I know. It is. It's skill. Mm-hmm. Put it in your local talent show. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Follow the stuff and, uh, We'll see y'all next week. Bye.